too much information. It's just easier to say TMI. I used to say don't go there, but that's lame. Welcome, welcome to the Too Much Information Podcast. This is Nick Ortega, and here's my co-host, Matt Hoots. How's it going, guys? How's it going, man? So I um, just wanted to, to start off to say a little something about ourselves. Uh, me and Matt met up at our former job, Perform Group. Uh, we became really good friends. And after after a while, we became really good friends. And then we just decided to come up with this podcast idea. So yeah, so yeah, building on that, guys. So as we, uh, so after we had sports at perform groups, so what our jobs were, we're just within the sports field. So me and uh, Nick over here, we got together and we just came together and tried to figure out a way to share some of our sports knowledge and share it back with you guys, so we can we figure the best way to do that would just be on this podcast. So we just started to come out, so we come up with too much information, and we're going to be including our sports information. We're going to throw a little bit of pop culture at you along the way. Uh, of course, there'll be some comedy and some laughs shared as we go through it all, which everyone needs some laughs nowadays. And uh, yeah, especially during this quarantine, man, it's like yeah. everybody, everybody needs something right now. Like a good yeah. laugh is what we need. And yeah, uh, I, mean, I came up with this idea as well as like all our conversations are always like late night conversations. Matt's calling up my phone. I call him Chatter Bob. He's always calling me <laughs> up around 1230 after the bars. <laughs> <laughs> well, calling me calling me up and i'm like oh boy and her conversations we talk a lot of shit but it's good <laughs> it's good stuff it's funny stuff but yeah to what Net- matt was saying entertainment wise music movies tv shows we're gonna touch base on a lot of things um we're excited about it we've been planning this for a while now so let's get this show started so the first topic of discussion we want to get to is the nfl the nfl draft which is going to be really exciting we need some. Okay. We need some sort of sports entertainment. Something. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, building off of that too. Just everything you're saying. So the unfortunate thing about it that I'm finding the most odd thing, and I know it's going to be very interesting to see when it comes on tomorrow night, is that we're going with the this year they're going with the virtual draft because of the coronavirus. So you know, it kind of it makes me get some laughs inside when I'm picturing. Roger Goodell sitting in his basement announcing the uh, <laughs> announcing the first pick, and here comes Joe Burrow sitting on his sofa. Just, uh, I guess he's got a cardboard cutout of Roger that he's, <laughs> gonna, he's just going to take pictures with or something. Um, uh, who knows? But I mean, I hope. Be- yeah, I hope it's good to be honest. Because after watching that horse competition, that was complete trash. With all due respect, I appreciate the idea of it. But I was expecting something that wasn't uh, trash, and I feel like they were filming it from an iPod Nano. Like, yeah, definitely. They... <laughs> we, we, we've come, a, we've come a long way. We have, we have, and I feel like um, they could have done a better job filming that. The streaming looked like it was from the '90s, and they did a terrible job with that. I mean, it was cool that Mike Conley won, but does it mean anything five years from now? We're not going to remember. We're not going to remember this shit at all. So, hopefully, this NFL draft. 
I, hopefully the NFL drafts way better. They do it a way better job on it, but we'll see. I'm excited to see. But yeah, I just want to dive in with these mock draft picks. Me, Matt, we uh, did a lot of research on this year's draft prospects, and we came up with a. We're gonna do the top ten picks. We'll be here all night if we're doing all thirty-two teams. So we're just gonna do like top ten picks, and then we'll go from there. The next show, we're gonna evaluate those picks, see if they match, see what happens. But yeah. So, Matt, uh, you want to start off with the number one pick? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll dive right in. And, you okay, know, cool, number cool. One, yeah, number one pick on the board, we got the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think everyone out there knows as well as uh, me and you both know, Nick, that uh, despite what the talent levels of other athletes might be out there and their draft statuses, I think nobody questions the fact that the uh, Bengals here are going to go with Joe Burrow, uh, of course. Yeah, you know they're gonna. Oh yeah, they're gonna waste all five minutes of the draft slot time to make the most most predictable pick possible in Joe Burrow. So yeah, Joe Burrow is for sure number one pick. But at the same time, you can make an argument about Chase Young. He's my best prospect in this draft coming out of Ohio State. But uh, yeah, Bengals they need a quarterback. They need something to look forward to. Andy Dalton is not cutting it. Yeah, they haven't seen anything uh, like that since in their great days. I think what people were comparing Joe Burrow to possibly about getting those glory days for the Bengals reunited is uh, Carson Palmer back in the Carson Palmer days. For those That's glory days, think. though? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I consider them glory days either. I got to tell you, but in their minds, that, that was about as glor- glorious as it probably could get. Unless we're talking about John Kidna, but we're not even going to go John back. John Kidna was a good player. He had a wonderful career with the Detroit Lions, too. <laughs> you're right you're right you're right but um anyways so um yeah uh Cincinnati Bengals for sure number one pick Joe Burrow we can both agree on that all right with the number yeah. two pick best prospect on the draft board for everybody in the whole entire world is Chase Young he's a for sure number one pick great edge defender he can get to the quarterback fast and for Ron Rivera, he's coming into a pretty good situation, coming from the Carolina Panthers, coming from a winning organization, and then going to the Washington Redskins. They're not complete trash, but he can turn that program around big time. So we'll see, oh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see what he can do with that pick. I'm not saying he's like a Luke Keekley type player. Like, that's a rare talent, but, like, it's a like caliber player that could be Luke Keekley maybe someday. So we'll see how that goes. Absolutely, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, with the Redskins choosing with Chase Young here, uh, and I think the Redskins did go out there to sort of see. They think they uh, during this process they tried to field some offers to see if they might be able to get a quarterback, maybe trade it up to get their second round pick. Uh, just because the Redskins, you know, they have a lot of questions at quarterback. But yeah, Chase Young. I mean, I agree completely with you all around on this draft board. He is the number one athlete on the draft class, and if anyone else besides the Bengals were at the number one pick and didn't need a quarterback. Chase Young would be the he'd be the first first overall selection first overall selection without a doubt in my mind, but you know like you were saying he's young he's freakishly uh, talented uh, he's got the edge rush that's going to be much needed for a, a defensive front in the NFC East and with Ron Rivera like you were saying just the overall well minded coach a defensive yeah. minded a defensive minded coach yeah I think this is going to be a good fit it's perfect pick. It's, be a, it's a perfect pick yeah. to be honest to start off the river boat Ron era in Washington so excited Absolutely. for him man especially being Panthers fans like ourselves I'm happy for him he deserves like a good team like that and a good opportunity 
Good, yeah, for good him. Situation. Yeah, for sure. All right, you want to announce the third pick? Yeah, all right. So here we go, guys. Uh, so I have an interesting proposition for you. I got – so I've been thinking about it a lot with what the – what might happen. And, you know, so the Dolphins are at number three. And so there's been a lot of – I'm sorry. I apologize. The Lions are at number, number three. And the Dolphins are at number five. And what I think is about to happen, Nick and guys, I think the Lions are going to trade up or trade back and give the Dolphins that third-round pick. And I think the Dolphins, with a much-needed quarterback selection, are going to go with Tua. And uh, so, as you know, with uh, it turns out the Dolphins didn't really know what they were losing in Ryan Tannehill when he took the Titans to the AFC Championship. Questionable. Took- Questionable. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I think Tua- yeah, I agree. I agree as well. But, um. I, I'm I'm thinking Detroit's gonna stay pat and go for the for sure pick. They traded away their best cornerback in Slay, and I think they need like a young replacement. So I think Jeff Akuda is the for sure number three pick. I know we are thinking different things here, but I feel like the Dolphins don't need to trade up to get to, uh, especially with his injury history. Not for sure if he's gonna be healthy next season. And I think there's a lot of question marks behind that. So I don't think the Dolphins really need to reach that high and go in trading for the number three pick. But I'll get back to the Dolphins trading the top 10 when we get to the number eight pick later on. But yeah, so Jeffrey Okuda, good prospect coming out Ohio State. They always produce really good defensive backs. They do really well in, in the NFL always. Good heights. And I think it'll be a good replacement for Darius Slay. So I'm liking that pick a lot for Detroit. Yeah, I yeah I can agree with what you're saying there with uh, just standing pat and just stay. The two I don't think two is going to be going too early here in this in this year's draft. All right, um, number four pick the New York Giants. I was thinking maybe some would trade up and try to get snag like two up. At at the same time, I think the Giants will stand pat, and I think they're going to go with Isaiah Simmons. Outside linebacker from Clemson, they need a oh, wow. they need a good like uh, defensive player. He's young. I was hoping the Panthers would get him, but I don't see him falling that far to be honest. And I feel like he's uh, good to like um, control the defense, play calling, and a Clemson player at this time around is is a safe pick. All right, wow, wow, wow. So that that definitely does surprise me there. So. So what my where I got the Giants going with? So we've reached the we finally reached the end of an Eli Manning era in New York, right? So we can finally say the Manning brothers have paid their time in the NFL. We'll probably see him on lots of commercials here on times to come. They're uh, some goofy dudes, but <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm thinking. So with the Giants' new era built behind them and what they're looking to do with Daniel Jones, I think they're going to be looking to solidify that O line for him in the coming years. And I think they're going to go with uh, big boy Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. Left tackle, okay. offensive lineman. They're going to build up that line so that he can uh, get some protection during the coming years. I definitely agree with what you're saying about them being a defensive player. Uh, I think they'll be able to find some other picks in the draft here or their later picks with building up that defensive unit. And uh, But first things first, I think that we're going to work on that line see if they can get some protection for uh, Charlotte native Daniel Jones back there. Okay. I'm liking a shout on Daniel Jones. You got to rep Charlotte, man. I'm liking that. But, um, yeah, okay, I agree with that, too. So, uh, I guess we'll find out on draft day what happens. But either you can go offensive line. I feel like an offensive line man will actually go in the top five, believe it or not. Some team will not reach, 
per se, but they'll trade up to get offensive linemen. Because there's about three offensive linemen prospects that are for sure top 10 or could be top 10. So I agree with that 100%. Absolutely. All right. Uh, All right. Fifth pick. Want to announce that? Yes. All right. Perfect. So, yeah. So the fifth pick's coming in with uh, from where my third pick for the trade that I had with the Dolphins and the Lions. So I'm sort of taking your route. I'm saying the Lions did trade back. Okay. But they traded back, and they're still safe to pick Jeff Okuda. So he'll still be up there. Uh, the, I guess they sort of did that like you were saying, what we were saying, that Tua, the Dolphins wanted that insurance for Tua to get them get them early, but the Lions still get their pick and Okuda for their cornerback to replace Slay over there, which I agree is a definitely a much-needed position for them after making that trade. And it works out for them right here, even though they traded back, so they'll get their guy right here in this spot. All right, good call, good call. So our picks were vice versa. I think the Dolphins will stand in path, and they'll still go with Tua. I know there's a bunch of smoke screens out there. Uh, reports saying, oh, they like Justin Herbert more. They like Jordan Love. But I'm thinking Dolphins are about to take their guy. And they've been saying Tua for a long time now. So I'm uh, the for sure pick for the Dolphins is Tua. If they don't pick Tua, then I'll be very surprised myself. I don't see anyone saying, oh, Justin Herbert's a franchise quarterback. I can't say that myself. I feel like his ceiling's Ryan Tannehill. And Dolphins are going to draft another Ryan Tannehill quarterback type. I don't, I don't see it happening, Matt. So I'm thinking, yeah, I th- yeah. I'm thinking two was the for sure pick here. So Aloha to Tua. Welcome to Miami. Fins up. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a big year for the Dolphins. I got to tell you, they made some big moves. They did. And, you know, this is the last position they're really looking for to put back there. And, you know, of course, we all consider quarterback to be the most important one. So I think Tua, if he figures out that hip situation, I think he might work out well for him. But uh, the Dolphins could be sneakily trying to let the rest of the league know what's good. You know, we find, we might have thought we were a joke, but we came to play. I know for sure, especially with the Patriots losing Tom Brady. That division's wide open now. I don't see I don't see the Jets doing anything next year. The Bills are probably the favorite, but Dolphins are not too far behind. So they draft two. Uh, they're taking the first step in the right direction for once. So we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. All right, from the number six pick, I know I'm a Justin Herbert hater after comparing to Tua, but unfortunately, I think the Chargers will take Justin Herbert, a quarterback. They lost Phillip Rivers. Uh, for sure, steady quarterback for all those years with San Diego. Unfortunately, they didn't do anything with Phillip Rivers. They got to the playoffs a few times. Oh, always mediocre, even though Phillip Rivers is a good guy, but they never went anywhere for Phillip, which sucks. I know you're a big NC State fan, you're a big Phillip Rivers fan. So you wanted to see him succeed, but for whatever reason, it wasn't happening in San Diego. So I'm thinking Justin Herbert's the safe pick here, but I can see them going in another direction, maybe offensive lineman. But for right now, for me, I think Justin Herbert's the safe bet because I don't think Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback of the future. For a couple years, he'll be the starter, but... For the future, I think they're going to pick Justin Herbert just to be safe. No, yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that choice. I'm also going with uh, Justin Herbert heading to L.A. for the Chargers. And I just to put it on your points about how creative for another end of an era for the Chargers, you know, Phillip Rivers, it's honestly mind-boggling to your point that you look at Phillip Rivers' numbers and his stats make him look out to look like an all-time quarterback. But then you look at his playoff, is uh, he never won a Super Bowl. He he's probably has one of the – Highest stat lines I've ever seen for a quarterback that's never won a Super Bowl. It's honestly astonishing. 
But you know, so an interesting an interesting thought though with this is I think the Chargers will draft Justin Herbert, but people are still wondering, you know, like Cam Newton going on, the Panthers releasing Cam Newton, you know, what if the Chargers went out and drafted a guy like Herbert, maybe signed Cam Newton, put him there for a few years in front, sort of get Justin Herbert prepped up, ready to be the starter. I don't know if Justin Herbert's ready to get thrown into just a role where he's gonna so be starting quarterback. Yeah. I don't I don't think he'll see success off the bat. So I think I don't know, you could see that situation, but I definitely think the Chargers will go young quarterback here. And I do think Herbert's going to be their guy on the board. Yeah, and I think Cam Newton's the best quarterback to learn from. They both have the size. They're both big quarterbacks. Uh, they come from a good spread offense from college to the NFL. He can teach them ways how to transition from spread to an NFL pro-style system. So I think Justin Herbert and Cam Newton would be a good duo for the next couple of years if San Diego pulls it off. So I agree 100%. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Panthers. All right, so here we go. Yep, hometown team, Carolina Panthers. Uh, they're in a rebuild slash not rebuild year. It's sort of been a confusing offseason for the Panthers, going with uh, Teddy Two Gloves out here and then bringing in guys like Robbie Anderson. So it's been it's been weird, honestly, just to see like what their mindset is. You know, good good thing is they locked up their mainstay of the organization, their new guy, Christian McCaffrey. He has become the face of that franchise. So he's going to take that burden and take that load and see if he can – uh, get the Panthers through this whatever process they're going through right now and get them back into playoff contention. So I do have my guy that people have been wanting the Panthers to hopefully draft still available on the board. I know you had Isaiah Simmons going earlier. I have the Panthers getting their guy and going with Isaiah Simmons in the seventh pick here. Uh, of course, the devastating loss of Luke Keekley, although we all understand that Andrew Luck did it last year. It's a very sure. smart move for the players to be start thinking about their mental health and maybe calling in a career earlier in the long haul. So I think Isaiah Simmons is that fill-in guy. I think that's a great pick. I think he's got the speed bursts, and he's got everything that the new coach, Matt Rule, will be looking for in a linebacker. And I definitely think this could be a good slot, a good pickup for the Panthers and uh, rebuilding that defense that uh, definitely struggled on the run game last year. For sure. Not too good. Almost finished dead last, so. That's what comes first. You know, defense wins championships, they say. So we'll see how it goes, but that's where I'm at. Okay, I like it. I like it. I hope, I really hope Isaiah Simmons falls to the Panthers. I really do. That'd be the perfect fit, especially replacing a guy like Luke Keekley. Not saying he's going to replace him being as elite as Luke Keekley, but it's like a good start. But uh, with that being said, I picked Isaiah Simmons going to the Giants, but uh, the second best prospect, pass rushing wise, I think is Derek Brown, defensive lineman out of Auburn. We need to beef up that pass rush big time. A big guy like Derek Brown, fast, comes from Auburn, a university the Panthers are familiar with, of course, with Cam Newton coming from. Trust they trust that coaching staff in Auburn, so they know what they're getting in drafting Derek Brown. I think it's a perfect fit. And to allude to what you were saying, it's not really a rebuild. It's more of a reset. I feel like they're not trying to tank, but they're trying to uh, recraft how they want to do the team. They're going to be more offensive-oriented going forward instead of defense, how it's been the past few years. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Panthers play out next year. But um, yeah, def- I, yeah. I think I think they'll be all right next year. I think they'll surprise a lot of people, and I'm thinking like a seven seven to nine record. 
So I don't think they're going to be terrible, but they're not going to be the best. But it's going to be an okay first year for Matt Rule in Carolina. Yeah, definitely going to be a – we'll definitely see where it heads, where it goes. All right. So with the eighth pick, I got the first trade alert coming. Arizona Cardinals, my Twitter sources are telling me that they're shopping their eighth pick. So I'm thinking the Dolphins are going to trade one of their first-round picks and one of their early seconds, trade with Arizona to get their offensive linemen to protect Tua. And I think that pick's going to be Andrew Thomas out of Georgia. I know you had him going to the Giants earlier, but I feel like I feel like he'll still be there, along with a lot of offensive linemen that are top ten worthy. But I think Andrew Thomas is the safest pick, offensive lineman-wise. He's got the height. He's got the blocking skills. He's got he's got the Georgia he's got the Georgia Bulldog in him. They they produce some good offensive linemen, so I really think like that's a safe pick, especially for Tua's blind side. I think Dolphins are going to be competing next year, especially if they get a good offensive lineman. So I think that's a safe pick to say. Of course, Arizona Arizona can go with whoever at this point, but I feel like if they want to draft more players and have more selections, so I think a trade down with a team like Miami who's has a lot of picks to give up is a smart choice. So I think the Dolphins are going to trade up for the eighth pick and select Andrew Thomas. What, what are your thoughts? So, yeah, so I can definitely see a trade definitely happening here. And I've been, I've been getting a lot of uh, updates and things like that, that the Cardinals are definitely looking at that possibility. Uh, even the Panthers talk about trading down, which is an interesting move. Uh, with the Cardinals, I definitely have seen a lot of information telling that they might. However, I'm going to say in my pick, my eighth pick right now, is that they don't trade down. And they stick where they're at, and they select Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa, an O-lineman tackle. He's a big boy. He's 6'5", 320. Uh, and Kyler Murray, you know, last year he definitely had his moments where he shined and definitely looked like he uh, – made a good decision by coming to the NFL, you know, a very questionable when he had that lucrative MLB contract mm-hmm. lined up for him. And many people were wondering if it was going to work out for him, but he definitely just needs that pass protection. He was sacked a little bit too much last year. He was a little bit rushed in the pocket and having to s- swirl around and try and protect himself. So the first thing he really, really needs is a big guy back there, uh, like Wirfs over here protecting his, protecting him on the line. So I think that the Cardinals will stamp that at eight and go with the Tristan. I like it. I like it. All right, moving on to the Jaguars, Matt. Who do you have them picking? All right. All right, surprisingly, and a lot of Panthers people have been thinking this too, this kind of toss-up between uh, Isaiah Simmons and uh, the guy I'm going with right now. I'm going with Derek Brown for like the it. Jaguars. I like it. Nine. So, yeah, Derek Brown, you know, big guy. Jaguars need some defensive presence. They've traded a lot of guys throughout the years, uh, over the last few years that they've gone through their playoff runs that they had their good year that they went to the AFC championship. They sort of hit a reset button on their own as well. And Derek Brown, you know, he's the best defensive tackle out there in the draft. He is a big body at 6'5", 326. And he is the best player on that position that is available in the board. So that's where I'm headed. Yeah, I'm liking that defense. So I'm thinking opposite defense. I'm thinking more offense, offensively minded, especially with Garter Minshew needing some more weapons. I'm going with Jerry Judy from Alabama. I feel like Garter Minshew is a young all right, all quarterback. Right. He needs he needs weapons around him. They have a couple of young receivers, and Leonard Fournette's future on the team seems questionable at this point. They might be looking to trade him. So losing a running back and weapon like him, I think they're going to go with a receiver here. 
to just beef up that offense. For sure, safety blanket with Jerry Judy out of Alabama. Fast guy, 6'1", coming from Alabama. Produces really good receivers always. And I feel like he's going to be the first receiver off the draft board. I know there's an argument between him and C.D. Lamb. But uh, my pick right now is Jerry Judy with, uh, the, with the ninth pick to the Jaguars. Okay. All right. All right. All right. The 10th pick, the Cleveland Browns, man. So Cleveland, Cleveland, you can go anyway here. I know Cleveland's looking for the pass protection always. They're always lacking offensive linemen. I see Baker Mayfield out there running like a madman every time he gets the ball. <laughs> so uh, I think it's going to be a safe pick to say they're going to get offensive linemen. You said Tristan Wirfs going earlier. I think Tristan Wirfs is going to go to the Cleveland Browns. Big guy, 6'5", 320, like you said. Good offensive lineman. Baker's going to be very happy with that pick. And just with that running game, receiving game, offense is looking really good right now. And they're just missing some offensive linemen. So I think that's the safest pick for the Cleveland Browns. And I really don't see them drafting any other need at at any other position as at the number 10 pick. All right. I, yeah, I get that. I, yeah, definitely 10 sort of an interesting position. And when the Browns holding that selection, sort of an interesting way you could go about that. For me at number 10, so I have a trade alert here. Okay. What we're doing here. And, of course, the team I'm going to be talking that's doing the trade is a team that we do not like as Panther fans and team oh boy. that we of course, seen making the move like this, the Atlanta ah. Falcons. So I have – I have the, <laughs> I know, rise up, right? <laughs> uh, so, so I have the Falcons trading with the Browns. So the Browns get their selection. The Falcons take number 10, and they're taking – this is an interesting guy that I've sort of read up on in – Learned a few information about it. Uh, C.J. Henderson, cornerback okay. from Florida. You know, C.J. C.J. Henderson's at six one two zero four. Kind of a big build for a cornerback. Not too bad, but definitely a taller cornerback than what you see. You don't see a lot of cornerbacks in the six foot range. Um, Josh Norman kind of brings a brings to mind is what I'm thinking okay. of cornerback. So I think Henderson is. When you compare him to Okuda, I think Henderson is honestly just as good or even better in coverage than uh, Okuda. He's uh, sort of making smart decisions out there when it comes to tackling. And you don't draft just a cornerback in the top ten because you want just to tackle people. You definitely want that cornerback to be a good coverage quarterback, cornerback, I'm sorry, and be out there and uh, covering your top receivers that you're facing, your Julio Joneses. I'm sorry, we're on the same team. <laughs> Let's, it's all right, keep going. Uh, so, you, no, you got your um, Odell Beckhams and Michael Thomas is out there in the division. You got Godwin, of course, Mike Evans and the teams that you're facing. So, you just got to look at who you're going to get for your best overall. I think C.J. Henderson is going to be, a, honestly, a draft steal. I think so draft. as well. Um, with that being said, you, you're forgetting the most important player that's coming into that division the biggest threat at this point, the WWE champion himself, Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> How can you forget Mr. Gronkowski? He's going to be running over some people. I'm interested to see what Tampa Bay does this year. But, yeah, with that being said, uh, that's the safest pick. But um, I think Falcons are a potential trade-up team. I don't know their draft, their draft selections, how many picks they have, but – if they want to sacrifice a bunch of picks, I think that's the best the best thing to do, especially in a division where there's not a really a favorite at this point. I, I know you can say the Saints. I know the, the Buccaneers got Tom Brady and Gronkowski, but what is 
Tom Brady have left. What's Rob Gronkowski? He's coming from Skinny Pete. <laughs> he's coming over here looking like Skinny Pete. Now he's going to have him to put on all his weights, been away from football for two years now. So it's going to take some adjustment period coming back to the NFL. It's not going to, you're not going to be a superstar like you were, and especially with his injury history all the time. I don't see, I don't see, I don't see him working right, yeah. out with Tampa Bay as well as a lot of people think. So it's interesting to see how that plays out in that division. But yeah, man. Right. Right, yeah, and think about it. Like, people have brought up the fact of, look at Tom Brady and Gronk running their days in the past of how they just dominated everybody. And you look at the teams that they played with, they had a solid defense. The Patriots' defense that was on those teams was very stout, Mm -hmm. very good. And you look at the Buccaneers' defense, they've been uh, very mediocre, middle of the pack for the last three years or so, ranked around 16th or so. So Tom Brady's coming into a hole. He might feel comfortable and might feel all cool, you know, welcome to Tampa Bay. Here I am with my good buddy Gronkowski again. Everything's all pipping <laughs> Jerry. But you look, you look at it from a bigger picture and you really see, you know, it's going to be – there's going to be a learning curve. Like, these guys don't know. I mean, Peyton Manning, good for that guy. You know, he's sitting on the couch drinking a Budweiser now. He made it big. He, did, he, he transferred to a different team and was able to keep that same success going. He stayed in the AFC, though, is another point that I'm thinking of when he went to the Colts and the Broncos. You know, AFC to NFC is sort of a big change. And Patriots to Buccaneers is definitely a culture change that I definitely think Tom Brady's going to take some time to get used to. But it'll definitely be interesting to see. You know, people are wondering to the Buccaneers to have what it takes now to be a contender now that Gronk's in the fold. And like you're saying, I mean, even a year out of football is a big difference. You're not, you're still not getting that year that everyone else has. Yeah, and especially that I'm hearing back hearing about Percy Harvin trying to make an NFL comeback. My man hasn't played since 2012. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I was, graduate, yeah, I was graduating high school when he retired. So I don't know what, what he's thinking, <laughs> the whole migraine situation, injury-prone history. I feel like everyone's trying to get that bag at the, at, the, at the end of the day. But I don't see it happening. Gronkowski, he might have a decent year, but I feel like the Buccaneers are sacrificing a lot. They have two good tight ends already, Cameron Brait. He's a good fantasy tight end. He's a for sure end zone target. OJ Howard is a really big dude, and he's really talented. And I'm surprised like he's on the trade block, to be honest. So it's interesting to see like where he goes. I feel like the Panthers would be a really good place for him to get traded to. Panthers are lacking a tight end, so maybe trade like a second rounder for him instead of going for a draft pick for a tight end. Not not a for sure thing always, especially at the tight end position. So it's just interesting to see how it plays out. Right, yeah, definitely worth a potential investment from the Panthers' party to fill that slot left by Greg Olson having to release him this year. Uh, you know, of course, um, Greg Olson was a, a hero in the Carolinas, and everyone that's a Panthers fan hated to see him go as he was uh, old Mr. Reliable for the Panthers. But, yeah, I definitely agree that it would definitely be worth a look on their part to see if uh, they could maybe get O.J. Howard into the fold and just get a – big body for Teddy Bridgewater to throw to a tight end because Teddy Bridgewater is known as a game manager and just doing shorter throws and stuff. Nothing's more reliable than a good old tight end that can just help you out with those dump-off passes or just shorter looks. I'm liking I'm liking it. So, uh, guys, that was are the wrap-up of the top 10 mock draft. I'm liking our picks. Tomorrow's, as you know, is the NFL draft. Really excited for it. Really excited to see who picks who. I feel like it's going to be a lot of trades, a lot of shakeup. 
So I'm excited to see Mel Kuyper Jr. break it down. Matt Hoots did his best Mel Kuyper impersonation, breaking it down for all of y'all. <laughs> Mel Kuyper third over here, apparently. Well, watch out. Watch I, was, out I wasn't Mel. expecting that. I wasn't expecting that at all. But uh, I, that's going to be it for today's show. We're going to do another – our next show is going to be about the NFL draft, the post-NFL draft. We're going to watch that closely, see if our picks matched up. So we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in to our first show. Any last words, Matt, before we go? No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate that, Nick. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to – I know we're all living in a weird time right now out there, guys. Uh, that's why I'm glad we're going to be producing these shows for you and bring them to you every week. I promise we're going to be throwing in that comedy in there for you too coming in the coming weeks so we can give you, give you some more laughs along the way. Uh, I just wanted you guys to stay safe. We'll be on the other side of this real soon here, hopefully. And uh, it's going to – what a time to be alive. Yeah, I, I, I'm out here. I agree, I agree. It's hard to it's hard I to agree, believe. man. Yep. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I think uh, – so, yeah, I appreciate you guys listening week one here. And I uh, look forward to talking to you guys yeah, next week. Yeah, continue to build on this. Uh, first show ever. We're excited about this. Uh, we're thinking, like, hopefully this quarantine's over. We're actually going to be able to be in the same room at some point recording these shows. Right now, we're in the comfort of our own home. Thank God for this app where we can talk and record. But uh, follow us on Anchor, at Too Much Information. Uh, we'll provide a link. We'll provide our Instagrams, too, at Matt Hoot, at Nick Ortega. Follow us. You'll get all the updates, new shows. And thank you, guys. And also, one more thing, shout out to our producer, Billy Hare, hooked us up with these interludes, these intros, did a wonderful job. Follow him on Phoneless and Homeless and give him some love, too. He's, he's, <laughs> producing, he's producing some good content here. And we're going to leave you off with this. Take care, guys. All right, see you guys.